Blog Talk Radio. Today is Sunday, August 9th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders of several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564 or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino or follow us on Twitter at Weigh in Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin. Let's weigh in. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Way In Sports Talk. Michelle is back doing the intro. I love that. It's always a better show when she joins us. Jonathan Miklos will be with us tonight, co-hosting the show. It is, well, you know, I think August 9th, I believe. It's time for college football. Tonight is the first preseason game in the NFL, Pittsburgh Steelers, Minnesota Vikings, and, and, and we know we're not going to see much when we watch this game, but but it's football. It doesn't matter what the score is. It doesn't matter how many penalties. It doesn't matter who's playing. This symbolizes that, that football is back, whether it be NFL, college. And tonight, you know, we're, we're going to break it up a little bit. We're going to – Jonathan and I are going to go through and give give you people out there some nuggets, the fans out there some nuggets on how many wins totals the team can have the odds of making the playoffs in the NFL. We're going to do NFL at college tonight. We're going to we're going to try to look into the future. Somebody wanting to make a dime or two and, and give you a couple of things, a couple of teams that could really, you know, give you some bang for your buck. Of course, you're not going to want to bet on Ohio State to win to make the playoff. That's not going to be good. But what we're going to do tonight is, is find you two, three, four, maybe five teams that are good value bets, and that's what it, what it's all about. The year in 2013 when when Auburn went from three and nine to a national championship. That's what we're trying to talk about: a team that could come out of nowhere and and, and get you paid. If you'd like to call in tonight, six four six seven one six five five six four. We would love to have you on the show. And let's bring on the co-host right now, Jonathan Miklos. Jonathan, man, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, nice to talk to you again, Brian. I uh, hope all is well. I'm, I'm just as excited as you when it comes down to it. August 9th, we got our first our first uh, actual live football game. I mean, I just I, I can't believe the day is finally here and I'm still breathing. I know. It's 100 degrees in Atlanta and football's in the air. I'm just ready to wake up in the morning to the chill in the air, the dew on the ground, and that, that's why that's how you know football's here. But but Jonathan, less than a month away from kickoff in college football. So yesterday was four weeks from Saturday, but it's actually going to start three weeks from this Thursday. It's almost here. We're running out of time to 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 make our predictions. But I'm I'm scared, Jonathan, because practices have started now, and sometimes. You can lose a, a few valuable players 
early on in practice. So my fingers are crossed. I know Duke Williams at Auburn is suspended right now. I don't know about him. Cam Robinson, the big left tackle at Alabama, had to leave and get carted off the field. He's okay, but Jonathan, you're only one play away from possibly losing your season at this time of year. Yeah, that's that's always terrifying. Uh, is that at this time of year, at this juncture, uh, you, you just like you said, you're one play away from losing everything. Um, you know, Cam Robinson, you know, going down, and, and, and with it being a foot injury, as they were they were reporting. Big guys' foot injuries don't go well together. So, you know, it, it's good to see that there's a strong chance he's going to be back. Um, from what I've heard, it's not all too serious. Um, the whole Duke Williams thing, I mean, it's a suspension. And from what I heard, it was a stupid reason. He, apparently he got into a fight with a basketball player or something other, which I didn't know Auburn had a basketball team, so congratulations on getting one of those. But... I, you know, Duke will be back. You know, we, I mean, we've already seen four guys suspended from Ohio State. Virginia Tech just had a running back suspended. Um, I'm pretty sure one of Georgia's running backs is going to get hurt in practice, but none of them can stay healthy. It, 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 right now, it, it's just praying that none of your big-name guys go down, you know, whereas for, for an Auburn fan like yourself, it would be a Jeremy Johnson. Uh, and, you know, for Florida State, Jalen Ramsey. I, I honestly think those are the two most important players in each of those teams. Um, if you know, if we were to lose Jalen, you were to lose Jeremy. We might as well just pack in the bag and say, "Well, this season's gone." Yeah, you know, you lose Jeremy Johnson right now. If you're Auburn, you're looking at a six to six season. You may even win seven if you're lucky. But if you want a chance to win a national championship, make the playoff, win the SEC, you better have Jeremy Johnson in there. And Johnson, I'm I'm excited. We don't talk much Auburn yet. You know, I try not to because that's my team. But man, looking at at the, the Auburn Tigers this year. All the ingredients are there. The quarterback, the offensive line, the receivers, the running backs, Will Muschamp, defense. You have two senior stud linebackers, actually, the strength of the defense, a good defensive line. The depth could be a concern, but but with the schedule, I, I think Auburn's in, in position to make a run. And if you look at Vegas, you look at the odds, Auburn's a – probably a top seven or eight team, you know, and anybody, anytime you're in that top eight, you have a legitimate shot to make the playoff. Oh, yeah, I agree 100% on that. I mean, from what I'm seeing, um, I'm seeing Auburn as a top five as far as odds doing the championship. Obviously huge. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's those are huge odds uh, considering that, the three teams ahead are Ohio State, uh, Alabama, and TCU, and they're tied with USC. So they have uh, Auburn as one of the cream of the crops, as you well know. They over-under on their win total for the year is eight and a half. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays out. And Vegas is looking at this eight and a half thing. Why are the odds so high, which leads me to believe they're expecting a lot of Auburn betters to throw a lot of money. Um I yeah, but know. it is minus but, 160, though. It is minus 160 at eight and a half. That means you have to put $160 for 100. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you know exactly. That or not. Yeah, I, I see, and that's what I, that's what I've been looking at. You know, so that means to get them at nine means you're getting them at even money. You know, and I still think nine wins. If you look at the win totals for for these contenders this year. 
you know, and what you'll notice every year is your win totals for teams uh, that are championship contenders usually are nine and above. Uh, I mean, there's always the flukes, like Boise State and Marshall, who their over-unders are 10 because, you know, they're creaming the crops in a crap conference. Uh, but when you look at it, you've got a bunch of these schools where you see eight and a half, nine, nine and a half, and you're sitting there going, those are some pretty good teams. I expect them to be there at the end of the year to compete. And that's where Auburn is. And that that's the best thing right now for that team after last year, which looked so promising and then just spiraled out of control. Well, then you look at eight and a half, and there should be nine. I mean, Alabama, I think, is the best in the SEC at nine and a half, and that's not you know, that's not saying a lot about the SEC. It, it could mean that there's a lot of teams that are decent or, or they're just not a dominant team. And I think the two most dominant teams in the SEC this year will be Alabama and Auburn. I, I really think the Iron Bowl could mean a lot and, and the SEC championship could mean a lot. But Vegas messes up. It's not eight and a half even money. It's eight and a half minus 160. So you have to pay the price if you're going to take Auburn over eight and a half, which I am, and Tennessee is minus eight. I mean, there are eight games. I'm taking that and running to the bank with it. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. that simple. And tonight, Jonathan, I want to go through, you know, some college football teams and, and just go through some of the win totals. And I want to ask you, this is regular season first, and, and let's see how how much we agree on them. I mean, you and I are usually close to being on the same page. And, you know, we like Vegas. We know how it all works and operates. But tonight, I want to go through some of the big teams and look at the totals. And you tell me, Jonathan, and everybody out there listening, tell me what you think. Six four six seven one six five five six four. Alabama regular season. Remember, minus nine or over nine and a half minus one sixty five. What that tells me is Vegas thinks Alabama is a, a, probably an under a ten win team, but the public is going to bet Alabama over. Tell me if I'm wrong, Jonathan. That's why it's the minus one sixty five. But if you're looking at Alabama, I think about a nine and three team, ten and two at best. Yeah, I, I you're spot on with that. They are, you know, they're going to put it in nine and a half. That's what they're expecting. But you're right, they juice it because they know Alabama fans are going to come out and they're going to bet it no matter what. So like, you know what? We're going to juice it. If it hits, oh, well. You know, if it doesn't hit, we're, we're, we're killing it. Um, I mean, nine and a half, of course, is a tricky number for Alabama, being that they are in a tough conference. And, you know, honestly, I wouldn't play that total because this is still a team that can go 11-1 and with that schedule. And I'd like to see anybody disagree with that. They could. Um, but I think you're right. They could be a step back here. It's just how far of a step back is it for Alabama when we're talking about as talented as a team as they are and how well they recruit and have actually developed talent, at least on a collegiate level. So, I, yeah, I think nine or ten win team, and that's why I won't play it. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. You don't you don't want to play something that <laughs> if you think it could be nine or ten and it's nine and a half, that means stay away. So, Alabama fans out there, do not touch your team this year. You could win a championship. You could you could go under the nine and a half total. Who knows? Heck, you could go nine and three, win the SEC West, win the SEC, and make the playoff. Who knows? But mm-hmm. let's look at the Arkansas Razorbacks. Eight wins, minus one fifteen. That's even money, really. Minus one fifteen on each side, under eight. 
I'm I'm looking for Arkansas to go under the eight wins. Call me crazy, but I'm just not ready to put these guys over eight. Maybe seven. That's where I'm going to put them at. You know, and that sounds like a solid number to me. Um, Rocket League, they do have the advantage of a non-conference schedule that, I mean, kind of makes you giggle. Uh, you know, UTEP and Toledo. I mean, I, I see four wins non-conference. Now, if I'm looking in-conference, you know, Missouri, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, I think those are three winnable home games. I don't know if they can win any other road games, though. And that's why I, ha- I I have a hard time disagreeing with you with seven wins. I think seven wins is a good number. I think the hype for Arkansas might be a year early. Yeah, exactly. They lost a lot on defense. You know, I know they have their offensive line back. Most of them they have their running backs. They have Brandon Allen at quarterback. But the defense is what's going to hurt them because Arkansas is not an offense. It's going to put up 40, 50 a game. They have to run the ball play good defense. The defense is going to struggle a little bit this year. So we'll see. The Auburn Tigers, eight and a half over minus 165. And this is one that I think to me, and, and I'm an Auburn fan, but, but looking at it, eight and a half is, is a lot to me. I mean, Auburn could go eight and four. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that could happen. But I like what I see out of Jeremy Johnson. I like Will Muschamp being there. And Vegas has to put it because at minus 165, because, again, a lot of people believe in Auburn. But also, a lot of people are skeptical because of the defense last year. They lost uh, their entire running backfield, really, new quarterback. So a lot of people that don't know Auburn like we know Auburn and and study Auburn, they're going to go under there and and look at the under eight and a half. It's because they don't understand that the replacements are better. So what do you think over under on Auburn, Jonathan? I'm going to go over. I think this is the best team in the SEC this year, and it's very hard for me this early. You know, and it is early for me at this point in August to start declaring teams because I like to kind of wait yeah. for the last week before I solidify my projection. But I think Auburn is the best team in the SEC this year. I thought they were a very good football team last year. I uh, just had some unfortunate bounces go, uh, you know, go against them. And I think this is a team that is going to be better. They're going to have a much better quarterback, and that's going to be the big thing. They also had against Kendall Marshall. He gave my Seminoles a run for their money in 2013. But I think Jeremy Johnson is a more polished passer, and that's going to make a huge difference this year. And having two years to learn that offense, to mature, to grow, to get stronger, to humble, I mean, that's huge. This is not a freshman coming in replacing Marshall. This is a true junior This played two years, had game-time experience. So, the next team out of the Big 12, the Baylor Bears, 10 wins, minus 150. So if, if you if you think Baylor is going to win over 10, you're going to have to pay for it. Um, TCU on the road, there's a loss. But I still think Baylor without Petty, I, I still think they're going to lose a game. So, oh, man, this is a tough one. I think on Baylor, I'm going to stay 10. I'm not going to go under 10 or over. I'm staying 10. And this is where I'm going to make my my judgment push here. Um, I'm going to go with the over because the, I don't think – I'm looking at Baylor's schedule. I don't think there's a way they lose three games. If I push, nothing bad happens. 
So I would, I would, um, I'm gonna rather, I'm gonna take the over, and hope for an 11 to one year, maybe 12 and 0, and if it pushes, it pushes. <laughs> yeah, Baylor. I mean, they're losing the quarterback. Here's a good one right here. You'll, you'll know more than I will. Clemson. Over nine, under nine. If you're going to do over nine, it's minus one fifty. So you have to lay more money. So, so really, what Vegas is saying is Clemson's probably a ten-win team this year. But do you have the balls to really bet on it? I think that that right there is a is a sucker's bet, if you will, because Clemson, you know, the ACC media people predict they're predicting twelve and zero, and this is the year. Clemson's returning how many guys on offense? Let's see. One, two, three, four, four. Five guys on offense that played last year. Two receivers. Artavis was a starter in the slot. Um, a lot of people aren't recognizing that, but he was. You're returning only your center. You're returning a quarterback that technically is not a returning starter, but we all know he is. And they're running back. Now, here's where Clemson runs into the buzzsaw. they got to go to Louisville on a Thursday night in week three. That's gonna be a tough game. They got Notre Dame and Georgia Tech at home back to back weeks. They got they got to go to Miami, to North Carolina State, and then get Florida State at home at a three week stretch. I'm not touching this line. I'm not touching it at all because there's a strong chance Clemson goes eight and four. There's a strong chance they go twelve and zero. Well, eleven and one, maybe ten and two because Clemson's still Clemson. I first, I'm looking at that North Carolina State game and I'm smelling a loss. And if they lose that game, you know they're losing another game. And that's when it becomes, do you actually trust them to win 10 games because of so little experience coming back? Only two returning starters on defense. I think they're thinking that, you know, with with Florida State losing Winston and, you know, Georgia Tech the only other team, that's what they're they're betting on. Clemson's out of conference schedule with South Carolina on it. I don't know. That's a That's a tough one. So here's one that, that you and I, we, we agreed last week that Florida was going to be below 500. Vegas has seven wins, over seven, minus 120, under seven, minus 110. I mean, how's Florida going to win seven? I mean, is the quarterback play going to be better than we think? I just I just don't get that. Well, I think that's another one where Vegas looked at it and said they have a loyal contingent. You know they're going to bet on it. Because uh, that, that's one thing a lot of people have to remember. Vegas knows that there are fans who bet their teams no matter what. That's why Red Sox lines, they're always favored more than they should be. That's why Patriot lines are always larger than they should be. And, and that's why a lot of these big-time college football teams, you're going to see the win totals yeah. are inflated. Their conference chances are inflated. Their lines are inflated. I think this is a very inflated Florida line. I think they'll be lucky to win six games. So I'm definitely taking the under. Yeah, I think that just the name Florida, I mean, you know, the name Florida is going to get you sick. So they're just trying to to break even. Florida State over 9.5 is minus 105, under 9.5, minus 125. So what Vegas is saying, they think Florida State's going to be probably a 9-3 and three team, John. That's what, they're, that's what that line tells me. But I don't know. What do you think? You know, I've been looking at this Florida State team, and I, I, I want to stress this. The 2012 Florida State Seminoles went 12-2. and two. They lost 
11 starters, 11 key starters to that team. Offensive linemen, a quarterback, guys like that. They came back the next year with an untested quarterback and won a national championship with young deep playmakers on defense, young skill position guys. This is the same thing again. We got an untested quarterback in Sean McGuire. I mean, he had a game against Clemson. But, I mean, was that really enough to say that he's battle-tested? You know, and then we have Everett Golson, who looks like he might actually be the starter now. We've got a lot of young guys in skill positions. We've got a young offensive line that's very talented. And on defense, there's a bunch of youth. There's a bunch of guys who are four- and five-star guys. I think Florida State's going to win 10 games this year. I'm taking the over. Yeah, and I think they're going to try to rally around Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo's going through a divorce right now. You know, I mean, it's sometimes these players rally around. They're looking for something to rally around. I think Winston being gone will be a, a less of a distraction for him now. I don't think you'll you'll see ESPN with a camera in everybody's face all the time. This could be an interesting year. Nine and a half in the ACC right now. I've got to go over the nine and a half, but but we'll see. These are it's still early August. We don't know what's going to happen in practice tomorrow. I mean, you know that's what's tough. And, and like you said, we're not solidifying all these picks yet, but we're just giving you some early thoughts. And instead of breaking down teams and talking about them, we're talking about them this way. The Georgia Bulldogs, over nine, under nine, their favor, minus 145 to go over nine. Remember, Jonathan, they do play Alabama this year. They do play Auburn out of the West. So there's Alabama and Auburn in the West. Um, they do play in the SEC East where really Tennessee is the only team that can contend. I think nine is about right for Georgia. I honestly think that nine and three regular season is about where they're going to be, maybe eight and four. And that's why I won't touch it because I could see Georgia going eight and four. I can see them losing to Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn, and Georgia Tech. Um, I'm almost writing them off in three of those games because they're going to be tough road games. That Georgia Tech game is going to be fun. Don't let anybody lie to you. It's going to be a fun game. And Georgia gets Southern the week before Alabama. So that, that, that gives them a week to kind of experiment, figure some stuff out, and that's a home game. That's huge. But going off of Georgia's history, unfortunately, I think it's better off that I stay away from that, from that total because I just don't, you know, I just don't have faith in this team on how, how they're going to show up. Which Georgia team are we going to get? The Georgia team that should be, that should be out there competing or the one that's not? And they don't have a quarterback position that's solidified yet with talent that I know is there. You know, so a lot of these other teams, you're like, oh, there's talented quarterbacks there. This Georgia team, I'm looking at it going, oh. your best quarterback might be Grayson Lambert. He's going to start at Virginia. I uh, know, and here's the deal, Jonathan. I don't care how good your offensive line is. I don't care how good your running backs are. I don't care how good your defense, your special teams. If you don't have a playmaking quarterback, you don't have a shot in the SEC. I mean, you, you just don't. You're not going to – you're not going to win. You're not going to make the playoff and do anything. I mean, agree with that? I mean, it's just quarterbacks, these elite receivers, running backs, they feed off of a quarterback. If, if everybody knows that Georgia can't throw the ball, they're going to stack the box. And I'm telling you, Chubb, as good as he is, he's going to have a terrible year. He's probably going to get hurt because he's going to try too much. And Georgia's going to implode. They have to have – you know, a quarterback playing. I don't. I don't see that. And and they could. I mean, something could happen, and and they could be a good quarterback. But I'm just not buying them at nine wins. I'm selling. I'm going under nine. 
at plus 115. And because it's plus money, I, I'd be willing to take the under. And, and, you know, because you're getting decent odds on it, I'd be willing to take that under and say, you know what, if it happens, it happens. At worst, I might push. There's no guarantee of them going over. There's a very slim chance of them going over. Yeah, and people out there, if you don't understand what plus 115 means, it means the under nine is plus 115, meaning if I think Georgia's going under nine games and I put $100 on that game, on that bet, I'm going to win 115. Where if you go over nine and minus 145, it means if you think Georgia's going over nine wins, if you put a $100 bet, you know, you're going to lose 145 if they don't. So that's what that that means. So Georgia Tech, here's the one I like. Call me crazy, over eight plus 130. I like Georgia Tech going over that. Under eight minus 160, I like getting plus 130. I agree. I thought the total was a little low um, at eight. Uh, when I first saw it, it opened at seven and a half, but it was still, it was juiced pretty heavy. I want to say it was about 170 at the time. So it's definitely, you know, starting to look at the total and seeing how it's shaping out. It's hard to go against Georgia Tech at eight. I think this could be a very good year for Georgia Tech. Um, I mean, I could see them winning, you know, nine and three, I think is probably a really good shot for them this year. LSU, over eight and a half, minus 105, under eight and a half, minus 125. I'm all over the under in this one. Yeah, I'm selling on the over as well. I just can't. I don't see good quarterback play there. I see a, a defense that's going to have to retool with Jameis on. Leonard Fournette can only do so much. Um, that's going to be hard for them. Week two, they got to go to Starksville. You know, they got to go to South Carolina. They got to go to Alabama. I mean, they do get Auburn and they do get Arkansas at home, but the problem is they get Auburn early in the year when this is an LSU team that might not know what they're doing offensively or defensively at that mm-hmm. time. So this is yeah. going to be a team that, you know, November is is pretty bad for them. They have to go to Alabama. They get Ole Miss. They got to go to Arkansas. They get A&M. This is an LSU team. I, I go with the under as well. Louisville over 7.5, minus 150, under 7.5, plus 120. I think Louisville is going to take them a few games to get going. But I think I think I like the over. I think this is an 8-4 and four team uh, at worst. They're not going to beat Auburn the first game. They may not beat Clemson early, but they're going to start winning some football games and getting better. Bobby Petrino's a mastermind offensive guy, Grantham on defense, and sometimes it just takes a few games to get going. And uh, I think Louisville, I like them over mine, over seven and a half. Louisville's only problem is, is which quarterback are they going to have? Who's going to start for them? And that's why. I have no idea. I mean, you could see them start the year, and this might sound crazy, but they could start the year 0-3 because Houston's not a bad football team. Uh, Houston has to go to Louisville, which is their challenge. But, you know, if Reggie Bonifant's the, the, the starter that everybody's earmarking right now. But it's a four-way position battle, a quarterback for Louisville, and that tells you that there's a problem. They don't have anybody that they trust yet. They don't have two guys that they trust over everybody else. So, I mean, Louisville, I think, is going to get blasted by Auburn coming out the gate. And then it's just going to be, can they actually rebound to beat Houston? But I think that Clemson game is a turning point game for Louisville. If they win that game, 
they'll go over. If they lose that game, they'll go under, and that's why I'm not going to play this one. Yeah, I think Auburn may beat the brakes off them in that dome. You talk about speed on that turf, kind of inside, no weather. Yeah, that could that could be. A, and plus, when you lose a game like that early, it, it could, if you lose that game by four touchdowns, what motivates you to come back in a way? You know, you're like, oh, we got to go 11 more games like this. But let's move on to the Big Ten. This this is I'm, I'm I'm interested to hear what you think on this one. The Michigan Wolverines, Harbaugh's first year. Over seven and a half minus one thirty, under seven and a half plus one hundred. Jonathan, what do you think on this? I don't know if Michigan wins more than seven games. I mean, their starting quarterback couldn't hold the starting job at Iowa. We, we got a defense that, I mean, it looks decent last year, but it can that offense keep them off the field? I, I have a hard time believing Michigan's going to win more than seven games this year, but. It's Harbaugh, and I can't underestimate him because he's proven that he is a fantastic football coach. So I'm better off staying away from it and just waiting and seeing what happens. But I'll tell you what, I don't know how they're going to beat Utah. I don't know how they're going to beat Minnesota. I don't know how they're going to beat Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State, and I don't, I don't know if they can beat BYU. I mean, so this Utah game to open the gate is going to be huge. But let's see how they respond the next week against Oregon State. You know, that's at home. Yeah, remember, Oregon State's a pesky team. Yeah, remember that 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 Utah game's on the road as well. I mean, that's a. I look for a I look for a six seven win team, and and I feel good about that. I'm with you. I like a seven. I like under seven and a half. I don't think they get to eight. I'm sorry. So that's why I like that that under seven mm-hmm. and a half. And here's a here's an interesting two in a row. Hey, we're going up three in a row right here. That's interesting. Michigan State over nine and a half minus one fifty five, under nine and a half plus one twenty five. Remember they play in the Big Ten, Jonathan. They're gonna. I like over in this because I just don't think the Big Ten conference is that strong. Say they lose a couple of games, they're ten and two. So, you know that's why I like Michigan State the over in this one. I could be wrong, but. It's hard to go under nine and a half. Yeah, I'll take that juice all day. Uh, I'll, I'll lay that juice all day. Give me the over on that one. It's going to be hard for me to see Sparty losing three games. I don't know if they'll lose two. I, I agree. It's just uh, even and and you know you notice the SEC totals are down because they play more competition, you know, like Ole Miss right here, a good team, eight and a half. I mean, it doesn't matter what conference you play in. When you play six ranked teams, your win total is going to go down. That's just the way it goes. Ole Miss over eight and a half at minus 120. Jonathan, I'm going way under on, not way under, but I like under on this one. I don't think Ole Miss wins nine games this year. No way. Yeah, hard for me to back that as well. As fantastic as the defense was last year, and they returned a good bit of those guys. They got to go to Bama. You know, they got to go to Auburn. They got to go to Starkville. You know, they, I mean, they get Arkansas and LSU at home, and they get LSU after a bye week. But, you know, it's hard for me to see that with them breaking in a new quarterback and Chad Kelly, who hasn't seen good action. I don't care if he's Jim Kelly's son or not. Clemson was comfortable kicking him out. And that tells you something. And definitely, and and the rival of Ole Miss, Mississippi State, over seven minus one thirty-five, under seven 
plus 105. I, I, I'm going under in this one. I'm thinking Mississippi State is probably a six-win team at best. But uh, I really want to stay away from it because I could see them seven and five. I mean, that's that's what's tricky about these these games. But I, I just I would go under if I had to choose. Yeah, I might back away from this one as well. They only return four starters on offense, three on defense. You know, and I mean, I get it. Some of the guys on defense that are coming back played a lot last year. You know, somebody like Richie Brown, um, who's that linebacker. But you know, Mississippi State. I kind of wonder if last year was their chance, their window, and now they're going to bounce back to earth. Yeah, we'll we're going to see Ohio State. This is what's weird. <laughs> over eleven and a half. This is the biggest one you'll see in college football. Over eleven and a half minus one ten. Under eleven and a half minus one twenty. Vegas is saying they. They probably think Ohio State's going to lose the game in the regular season. Uh, if they if they lose a game, it's probably going to be against Virginia Tech, Jonathan. So I'm I'm going to go over Ohio State right here. I'm going to go with the under. I think Ohio State loses a game this year, and you know, not to break anybody's hearts, but I think Virginia <laughs> Tech beats Ohio State week one out the gate, calling it now. That's a tech team so. that's – oh, God. I, I, I would love it. And the fact that Bosa is suspended, I think is huge here. Because to beat Virginia Tech, you have to get pressure on Michael Brewer. That's what we saw in that game last year. Brewer had all the time in the world, had a perfect game, got it done. Tech bringing back a lot on defense. They really are. They're bringing back a lot of talent, especially in the secondary. It's going to be a great game. I think Tech beats Ohio State, and that's why I think Ohio State actually goes 11-1 and this year. And I hope you are correct on that one. Let's move to Tennessee, and this is a, a team I, we talked about last week. We broke them down over 8, minus 125, under 8, minus 105. I'm going over 8. See, I really feel strong at least 9-3, and three. at least 9-3. and three. Uh, A much-improved team. On the road at Alabama is the only game that that you'd look at and say that's going to be real tough to win, but you never know what can happen if Alabama's quarterback situation doesn't play out. I like Tennessee over in this one. I agree. I'm going to take Tennessee over as well. You know, even with the guard of it might push at eight. I'm not worried about that, though. I think this is a 9-10 win Tennessee team. Like you said, they could struggle with Alabama. Anything can happen. You know, they still got to play Georgia, Arkansas, all these teams. I think this Tennessee team has a lot of talent. I still think they might be a year away from contending for a true SEC championship and a national title. But I think this is a team that is on the rise and is going to prove it this year. Now watch. Now that we agree on this, they're going to completely fall off the rails. (laughs) I hope not. Texas, could this be a sucker bet? Six wins over minus 180 under six plus 150 I'm going to go with under six plus 150 you know it's Texas so you automatically you're like oh well it's Texas they should win at least six games I mean how hard can that be for Texas we're talking about Texco early recruit look at this look at that you know what they're installing a new offense that's never a good sign 
they got tough games. You know, they got they have to go to TCU and Baylor this year, as well as make the trip to Notre Dame, make the trip to West Virginia. I mean, this Texas team, could they shock us and win seven games? They could. I think they might actually go seven and five. Am I betting on them going seven and five? No way. Not not in a million years. And I think the name Texas, if if they were going to win over six games, Vegas would Vegas would have that at about seven. Honestly, seven and a half. I think because the name Texas, they're like, are they going to make a bowl game or not? Is really what you're saying. I'm going to say no. Uh, I mean, like I saw Auburn when they tried to do the spread the first time. Remember, Franklin came in and they couldn't even get a first down for God's sake. So we'll we'll see how they do. Texas A and M over eight plus one ten minus eight or under eight minus one forty. I like the under eight for A and M. I think they could hit on eight seven something like that. Not a good bet either way, but I'm gonna guess I'm gonna go under. It's really not. I mean, the only thing they have going for them is they got neutral sites with Arizona State and Arkansas. But neither one's really neutral. They're both in the state of Texas. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, they get Mississippi State at home. They get Bama at home. They get South Carolina at home. They get Auburn at home. I mean, they got most of their tough games at home this year. And that could really help them out. You can see them stun somebody. But I'm staying away yep. from that. I, I think that's a tough bet. Yeah, and we're, and we're just talking some college here, some college football. Then uh, let's look at some – you know, some playoff numbers. Let's, Jonathan, let's give some people out there before we move on to the NFL. Let's let's give some people some games that, you know, some teams that are very valuable picks. And, and you know, I'm not saying, you know, Vanderbilt's going to win the national championship or make the playoffs, but what I'm looking at is that the NCAA future to make the playoffs, if I can pull it up right, I don't know why it's not pulling up. But give me just one second. I apologize. To make the playoffs or to win the championship, which one do you want to go over? Uh, let's look at to make the playoffs. There's some. I mean, this is where you have to. For some reason, this is not coming up for me. Let's go to the national championship real quick. And I apologize. Let's go to the futures to win the NCAA championship. This is where you could really, if you know that team's out there, Jonathan, like Alabama's plus 800. I mean, to me, that tells me that because of the name Alabama and what they've done, and that's not a very good, you know, a good sign. Auburn plus 1,200. I mean, this is to win the championship. This is at the end of the year who's being crowned the national champion, Georgia, plus 2,700. Let's look at teams like Ohio State and compare. Ohio State's the favorite at plus 275. TCU, plus 800. So that's what it's saying is, you know, Ohio State, TCU, Auburn, Florida State, teams like that, the cream of the crop kind of teams are the ones you're, you're looking at to win it. But those are the easy ones. So if you put a hundred dollars on Auburn to win a championship, you're going to win twelve hundred. That's not bad. If you really think that Auburn can do it this year, not a not a bad one. What about Baylor at plus eighteen hundred, Jonathan? What if they could sneak into that playoff and win? They could win the championship. 
Is that a bad it, bet? And Baylor at plus eighteen hundred, I think, is actually a solid bet um, because it is all based off of can they beat TCU? And you know, there is an off chance that they lose that game and still sneak into the playoff as minuscule the chances that is. There's still an opportunity there. So Baylor plus eighteen hundred, you're just looking at one game, and that's the glory. The the best thing about this is you get to that game. You know, let's say Baylor and TCU are both undefeated going in that game. You hedge your bet and bet on TCU to win that game. If TCU loses, and then you know, let's say Baylor wins that game, you go ahead and hedge your bet the next time. Baylor, you know, the first round of the playoffs, they win again. Beautiful, hedge it again. Let's say you bet three hundred, but Baylor wins the championship. You net a fifteen hundred dollar profit. You don't lose that. That's a beautiful win. Yeah, let me tell you another team. I mean, I'm not big on them. Texas A&M, like you said, with all their home games, tough games at home, really, D500. Just think if they won the West, won the SEC. They're in the Final Four. I mean, you could win $6,500 with a $100 bet. Isn't that what that means? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's not a bad bet to me um, if you're looking at it. I, you know, A&M can somehow pull off some magic and get her done. Uh, you can't go wrong with that. But Alabama at plus 800, I think a lot of people are going to take that because they're Alabama. Arizona is a team at plus 12,000. What if they ran through the Pac-12 in that playoff at plus 12,000? That's who I'm looking at, teams like that, teams that – that can really get you paid. I mean, like Georgia Tech at plus 10,000. What if Georgia Tech went undefeated or won, lost one, won the ACC and made the playoff, Jonathan? That's what I'm talking about. I'm not I'm not talking about betting on Bandy. I don't think they get odds for that. I don't even think you could bet on Vanderbilt to win the national championship. But Tennessee at plus 5,000. You know, we talked about them. Their schedule's not terrible. Bam on the road. What if they sneak in, win the SEC East, win the SEC Championship? All of a sudden, you get a $5,000 on a $100 bet with with someone like that. And, I, and I'm not saying they will, but, but I think Florida State, you never know, at plus 1,800 and Auburn at plus 1,200. Arkansas, plus 4,000. Uh, I don't think that's a good bet. I'm looking at I'm looking for people in that ten thousand dollar range is what I like to see. Somewhere like in the seventy five hundred to ten thousand dollars. What about Wisconsin at plus eight thousand? What if they came out, knocked out Alabama, made a good run in the big ten? I mean, it's not gonna happen of course, but that's what I look at. Yeah, I, I definitely definitely am looking at that as well. And that's why I think Georgia Tech and Arizona are two solid sleeper bets. I think Virginia Tech is honestly, I, I, I'm thinking highly of them this year. I think they could be a solid sleeper. Um, Virginia Tech, if they beat Ohio State, look for them to make some serious noise this year and make a run. Um, I mean, once you get past that, you're, you're almost gambling on maybe a BYU or a Boise State making a run, believe it or not. Either one of those teams, if, we've seen it. If Boise State gets in that Final Four, there is no reason why people shouldn't say they can win it. I, 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 you know, and that, that's just a reality that they've created by the fact that they've won big-time games. You know, they beat Virginia Tech in, in Maryland. They beat Georgia in Atlanta. 
They they beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl. They beat Arizona in the Fiesta. They can go out and beat beat some of these big time schools. You give them time to prepare, they'll figure out a way to beat you. Boise State runs the table, you know, and goes undefeated. It's gonna be hard to keep them out of the playoffs because the playoff was created for Boise State essentially. There's a reason why the playoff yeah. was created. It was created for Boise State. And they'll State. be fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they'll be fresh. And they'll be fresh. If- if they make it. Let's run over some college football news real quick. Oregon lost uh, their junior running back, Thomas, what was his name, Tyner, uh, five stars. He's going to miss the season with a shoulder surgery. He's a backup, really. Over two years, he had 1,284 yards, 14 touchdowns. Um, that's big in the Pac-12 when it comes to depth right there, Jonathan. You're losing Mariota. Now you're losing some depth at running back. Not a good sign if you're an Oregon duck. Not a good sign at all. Uh, he's not a household name, but his name is known. He he could definitely be a home run threat of a running back. Uh, it's a shame to lose him for Oregon because he that is exactly what you said. He provides good depth and position that they tend to rotate guys in and out of because they can and they have the talent. Yeah, I mean, you're going to run 90 plays a game if that's what you want to do. You can't have the same running back back there, you know. I mean, you have to be able – to change the speed, mix it up. And I don't know if you heard about the Minnesota athletic director, Norwood T. resigned, sexual harassment. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes when a woman says no, guy, it's not sexual harassment until they say no if you come back. But this guy would quit. Uh, man, that's, that just, that's, it shocked me coming out of Minnesota that they're AD. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's sexually you read yeah, I mean, if you read the text messages, it, it was one of the things where you, you're reading it and you're going, oh, man, somebody should have taken away this guy's drinks a long time ago. The bartender set him up. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a train wreck. Um, I, I, I just, I just, you know, it's just one of those things that almost leaves you speechless, to be honest. You know, he came from DCU. He, he had to resign over this. You know, where does he go from here as a person? Where does he go from here? Sex Anonymous. <laughs> uh, you getting the Tiger Woods treatment? Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, I was hoping the angry gopher would call in and, and talk about this cat. He's, he's pinching girls on the butt, texting them, asking for oral sex. I mean, you, you got to remember, you, text messages, you can keep those forever, Jonathan. You don't want to text something like that, you know, if you're – <laughs> yeah, if you have a powerful position, you know, say it in person to them. Don't text it. Don't email it to them. Don't send them a Facebook message. Uh, but just wanted to throw that out there. Bama running back, and this is big. Both Scarborough suspended four games for NCAA violation. Um, sounds like to me something with an agent. Is that what you heard? I haven't heard much about it. Uh, my whole thing with Bo is, are, are we ever actually going to see you on the field? I, this kid has done nothing but hinder himself, it seems. And some of it, obviously, you can't control. But I, I just don't get why, you know, this as somebody who really, you know, being that he is young, you know, this isn't somebody who's an upperclassman, and he can't stay away from an agent. I, I, it just comes across as stupid, to be honest. Yeah, that's big. Four games. Uh, you know, what happens if Henry gets hurt? Drake's coming back from an injury. We don't know. Coming back from an injury like Drake had, you just don't know. You don't know 
how he's going to respond. And what do you think about Vanderbilt's slogan? We don't need your permission. Uh, oh, put out goodness. there. <laughs> I, I mean, that was one of those things where it was sent, and then the kid in control of their Twitter account all of a sudden had that moment where he went, "Ah, oh, crap! What did I just do? How do how do we backtrack out of this?" You know, and it was just you know, you can't have something like that where you had players arrested for you know a, a sexual crime in that nature, and then you put something out like that. You would have thought there would have been somebody to double check on him, or at least think of a better slogan. I mean, my goodness, guys, yeah. really. And you know, I'm all about the politically correct. I'm tired of people being politically correct, but this is not. I, and I heard Vanderbilt saying something about some fans were like, "Oh, if you take offense to this, this is you know, you're just trying to be politically correct." No, that's that's very inappropriate for for what your team did. I'm, I'm sorry if you're not raping women, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter. But but the thing you the thing is, you are, you know, and, and we're trying to get a hold of that as a community. We're seeing it everywhere. We're trying to get it under control. We don't need – and you'd think Vanderbilt, the prestigious university they are, would, would kind of be smarter, you know? Well, and, and what does that even mean? We don't need your permission. What what, what, what am I supposed to take out? You don't need my permission for what? You don't need my permission to lose by 40 points again? I, I mean, come on. You know, anchors away, anchor down, whatever it is. That that's a good enough slogan. You don't need to start trying to create another one because your team can't win. That's exactly right. And another uh, move that made me scratch my head: Les Miles reinstates Giovanni. What's his name? Domin Demond. I can't pronounce his name for domestic violence and. You know, nothing's come out that says he didn't do it. I don't think he's went to court over this yet. What is Les Miles thinking bringing this guy back? That's that's a really bad move. It, it really makes me think bad of Les Miles, John. If for somebody that is already on the hot seat in Baton Rouge, whether anybody wants to admit it or not, he's on the same hot seat as Mark Rick. Um you know, for him to pull off something like this, especially seeing the backlash that Saving got for bringing in uh, a, that, that kid, uh, Taylor, um, I mean, you would think he would have thought better of this and be like, you know what, we got to let this sit and ride because look, look at what's going on at Florida State right now. And everybody's like, oh, well, you know, that's Florida State. That's different. The situation is not different. Our star running back, a Heisman candidate, it was, you know, is was arrested for uh, assault. <laughs> we took two team photos, one of them with him, one of them without him, just in case he might be back this year. Knowing that there's a chance he might not be, he's not reinstated. He's not practicing. He is suspended. Let the legal system figure this out and go for there. Don't all of a sudden decide, well, you're arrested, but we think you're innocent, so we're going to go ahead and bring it back. That bites you in the rear end every time. Trust me, I've been yeah. on the other side of that. And Saban got killed over this. I killed Nick Saban, and I'm going to kill Les Miles over it. It's the same thing. Dude, come on. You you have to set a better example. You're the leader of that team. I don't care who the AD is. I don't care who the president is. Les Miles is the face of LSU. When you think of college football, it's so big, Jonathan. When you think of teams, you think of coaches. You think of Michigan right now, I guarantee you think of Harbaugh. You think of 
you think of Auburn, you're thinking of Gus Malzahn probably. You think of Bama, you're thinking of Nick Saban, Georgia, Mark Riggs. This is Les Miles. You're making a huge mistake, and maybe it is because he's such on the high. He's still on the high seat. He has the win. Maybe it's the writing on the wall, but you'd never see Mark Rick do this. No, Mark Rick has made a habit, if you will, out of kicking these guys out of his school. He's not even suspending them anymore. If you're getting arrested for something like this, Mark Rick's giving you the boot. You know, no ifs, ands, or buts because it's been so rampant in some of these schools, you know, and, and that's the problem. I think that's the bigger issue at the end of the day is how come we're looking at these big-time schools. You're looking at Alabama with D.J. Petaway. We're looking at Florida State with, with DeAndre Johnson. It, it, you know, we're looking at um, Georgia who kicked out Harvey Clemens. I mean, what is going on to where you see in big-time schools are bringing in multiple guys who are now getting, are getting arrested? And it's not even arrested for, oh, you know, he got caught underage drinking. He got caught with possession uh, of marijuana. We're talking about guys who are committing violent crimes. I mean, what is going on here? What, what, what has gone on to where all of a sudden, you know, we got high school kids who are coming out and doing this kind of stuff in college? You know, where, where, where does this start? Where is this issue begun at? And it needs to be solved. You know, these coaches need to start laying down laws and booting these guys. And they need to be banned from playing Division One football. You don't commit yeah, a violent crime and say he gets a second chance. It does. And, you know, it's, all, it's all through junior high, middle school, where you're the best player on the field, and you've been raised the wrong way. You've been told you're better than everybody else. And, you know, and now all of a sudden you're you're out of control in college. You Think about it, Jonathan. You know, as a guy your age, when you, you know, when you're 18, 19, 20, your hormones are crazy as guys, and you just, you know, the testosterone's high, and now you're away from the family you know, it's just crazy. You, now you really think you're powerful. Now you really think you're the bomb. And and these coaches have to do a better job of saying no. If you if you're like this before you even come to college, go play at UNA. Go play at UAB. Go play at Valdosta State. You're not coming to the SEC. You're not coming to the ACC. You're not coming to the Big Twelve. The Power Five. We don't accept you know stupidity like that. I just think right now it's just so annoying that it's it's not getting under control because you have guys like Les Miles bringing them back. Hey, we need you. We're going to bring you back right now. But I want to touch on a couple of things. Uh, first, Chip Kelly is not a racist. Guys out there, all these people talking about Chip Kelly being a racist, I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to have to go against them, Jonathan, and say Chip Kelly is not a racist. Chip Kelly is just a person that wants it done his way, and if you don't fit his system, he doesn't want you. And I don't, I don't think there's much race to that since he went off and got Murray from Dallas. Do you think he's a racist, honestly? I, I don't even think it's close. I don't think he's a racist. If he's a racist, you wouldn't have seen the program that he ran at Oregon. You wouldn't see what he's doing in Philadelphia. Mike Bellotti, his boss, his mentor, came out and said, Chip Kelly's just a strange dude. You know, he's not a very personable guy. That's just who he is. And I think the fact that we've seen, you know, where Brandon Boykin made a comment, then, re- then backed off on it. But LaShawn McCoy and Deshaun Jackson both stood by it. What about Evan Mathis? Now, he booted Evan Mathis. Well, he kept Riley Cooper. Riley Cooper was so off the year which he performed. There's a big difference there. Okay, you're saying, oh, well, he kept Cooper, who's a known racist. 
Cooper made a drunken mistake. Whether he's really racist or not, I don't know. The kid and I, you know, we're, you know, we're from the same county, nonetheless about 30 minutes apart. That's, yeah, I tell you what, he's not at CCC where he went to high school. That's not an all-white school. It's a private school, but they're in an all-white school. Him being racist would have come out a lot sooner. He was at Florida. I mean, come on, guys. You're calling Chip Kelly a racist when have we mm-hmm. all said something stupid? Have we all said something stupid that we probably didn't mean in life? Of course. That's part of being human. Yeah. Hulk Hogan, you know, I think he he just lost his temper and he was mad about his baby girl and he said some things he shouldn't. I think Hulk Hogan's a racist. Probably not. I mean, did he say some inappropriate things? Yes. But, you know, some people, when they're angry, they just lose their cool, they lose their head, they get drunk, they say the wrong things. People say the truth comes out when you're drunk. Uh, that could be true, but I've also seen people say some just stupid things when they're drunk, too. But, I mean, nobody's perfect, but we're talking about words here. And, and you know, I'm not talking about people strangling women and beating them. I'm talking about Riley Cooper said something. He was mad. He lost his temper and... And, you know, he he said something that I'm sure he regrets, but Chip Kelly is not a racist person. I mean, this is a guy that that I don't think he likes anybody unless they fit in his system. He's not one of those guys that kisses up to the players. He's just one of those kind of guys that alienates himself. He's not a social butterfly. And I think the problem is, Jonathan, some of these guys, that these prima donnas that think they're all that, that are used to the coaches just kissing up to him and doing all this. He just doesn't have anything to do with them. And they don't fit the system, and he gets rid of them. Now they're race. Now he's a racist. I I think that I think that's a valid point, and that's where a lot of these guys are, are you know they're they're throwing this around because they're hurt. They got kicked out the door, and, and you know this is the first time that we've heard this. We didn't hear any rumblings of this at Oregon. And I think you'd hear it more at a college level before you heard it more at a professional level. Philadelphia felt comfortable hiring him, and you and I both know before anybody hires a head coach, they go through an a, a extensive, extensive process where they dig around your background like nobody's business. So these claims, especially these claims made in the media, I, I mean, that's slander at its finest. You know, that's the lawsuit waiting to happen. I think Deshaun and LaShawn, Need to be lucky that Chip Kelly hasn't tried to slap a suit on them for for defamation of character. I think I would just to prove a point that sometimes you know you just can't say everything you want to say, and and this is another thing that that that's got me aggravated is ESPN, you know, and looking at you know the big news they report is is Arian Foster comes out and says he's an atheist. Have you noticed that ESPN is is the I mean, and this is Block Talk Radio. I can say what I want to, but it just seems like ESPN is against God, Jonathan. Anything against God. You remember Tebow? How he came out said he was a Christian. How they persecuted him. We got a guy getting a Courage Award that wants to dress up as a woman now, and now we got a guy being praised and called a hero because he doesn't believe in God. What is going on with ESPN, Jonathan? Maybe I'm off. Maybe I'm wrong by saying that, but, man, in my heart, I feel like ESPN, they're losing it, man. What is the, people are leaving ESPN. Some of the best people on ESPN are leaving. It's just like, what is going on? Well, I, I think it has a lot to do with, I think, ABC having more of a control over the network than usual. Um, and, and that goes in hand with, 
Yeah, they are. I, I really, I mean, you know, it came out. Let, let, let me put this out there. It came out. The reason why Bruce Jenner, and that's what his mama named him, so that's what I'm going to call him. That's what he went by for 60 <laughs> years. That's what he won Olympic medals with. That's what made him an athlete was Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner got the award because he guaranteed that interview to ABC, and they were willing to pull that interview from ABC that he didn't get the SB for the Courage Award. That's a fact at this point. That's come out. That's ridiculousness, if you will, behind this, and I think you're right. I, I, I pick up my new uh, issue of ESPN, uh, ESPN the magazine. I see on the cover, you know, oh, college ball preview, but right there in bold print, confession to Arian Foster, I don't believe there's a God. Why is that news? Why do I yeah, care what your religious beliefs are? Yeah, who cares? I mean, this is the same network, though, that ran a story last year the year before about the two brothers who play football that are Muslim. You know, they made that a, they made that a big deal for some reason. You know, I'm just trying to figure out, why are they? Why is ABC now deciding we're going to push an agenda through ESPN? Why not let ESPN be what it has been for years? Your unbiased sporting network. It's no longer unbiased, and that's a huge issue to me. I think people are leaving. I think that's one of the reasons Colin Coward left. Honestly, I really think you know he pushes the envelope sometimes, and you saw when he was leaving. I just don't think Colin Coward felt comfortable anymore being able to to really speak what he wanted to without getting in trouble. This world has become so politically correct that if you don't agree with everything that that that's wrong in your opinion, you're a hater. You know, and that's that's mm-hmm. one thing that bothered me a little bit. Here's the deal, ESPN, how about this? We just talk about sports and that's it. That's all we talk about. We focus on someone's athletic ability. I don't care who they're sleeping with. I don't care what they believe. I don't care about any of that. I just want to know what they do on the football field. If we could just keep it to that, I mean, this would clean up a lot of it. But it's just you know, we never hear sports anymore. That's why I love doing this show. We we can talk about sports. You and I can come on here and talk for an hour, hour and a half. Whoever wants to call in can talk sports. We don't have to put up with all the BS that, that's going on out there with Bruce Jenner. Uh, I mean, really? I, I don't talk about Bruce Jenner on this show. Maybe mention his name, um, how how stupid I think it was, but but that's it. I'm not sitting here praising the guy because he he wants to dress up as a woman. I mean, you know, are you? No, I, um, people you know are out there. Well, it took courage to do that. Why? I mean, got people who've been doing it for years. Well, you know, I, I don't <laughs> understand what the courage is. You know, just like in some countries, it's courageous to be Christian because you will be persecuted. You know, and I don't have a firm religious belief, so I don't really, you know, there's no corner I'm sitting in. There's no dog in my fight. Okay. You know, Bill Simmons is the best talent ESPN had by far. Bill Simmons left ESPN because they suspended him for calling Roger Goodell a liar. And he was suspended because Roger Goodell wanted him suspended. It's the same reason why ESPN had to pull that hit TV show Playmakers off back in 2003. Great show. I just watched, I just watched the whole season again. I love it's, that show. And, and the NFL wanted it pulled because they didn't like the light it was shining in. And not for nothing, but Michael Sam update, y'all. He's up in Canadian football now playing for Montreal. His teammates hate him because he gets preferential treatment. 
because he doesn't practice. He gets to play. And if you watched him play in the game this week, he sucked. He sucked. He was dominated. He was controlled. He wasn't in any of the plays. He was an embarrassment on the football field. So, yeah, Michael Sam would have made it as an NFL player, though, right? Come on, guys. I mean, really. That, I, that, that's Michael, that, Michael that, Sam did that just because he was trying to put pressure on the NFL to draft him, Jonathan, like to say, okay, if you don't draft me, then, then it's because you're a hater. He knew that he wasn't good enough. And, you know, and I, and I thought about that. At first I thought he was good enough, but then if he's not good enough to do what he's doing now, I mean, NFL teams probably could care less, some of them. If, if you're good, they're going to get you and keep you, right? I mean, it's all about winning football games. But now if you're in the Canadian Football League and you can't do anything, what does that tell you? It tells you that you were never talented in the first place and a bunch of NFL executives were right to say, we don't want you on our raw. Same exact reason why Jason Collins was the first player to come out in the NBA, first professional athlete really ever to do it. And it's because Jason Collins wasn't signed. Jason Collins saw the writing on the wall and said, oh, my career is over, made a statement. All of a sudden he got, a, he got signed for the rest of the season only because that he came out. Only because. Don't let anybody lie to you and say otherwise. If Tom Brady came out tomorrow and said he was gay, it wouldn't mean anything. He would still be the starting quarterback for New England, and he'd play as long as he wanted to. Oh, yeah. There's no no disagreement with that. If you are good enough to actually play, use that as your base on whether or not you deserve to be in your in, in your profession. If you're good enough for it, whether you're straight or not, then what does it matter? Why why try and put pressure on people so that they're tolerant and so you can't sue them? I, I mean, I, I don't understand yeah. why that's the thing. Just come play football. I mean, Michael Sam, that was probably the dumbest move I've ever seen made by someone at the time of it and the timing of why. I mean, it's like what relevance does it have? Now you're trying to make, you're trying to put the pressure on the owners. You're trying to make them draft you. You're trying to, to write a book on the with Oprah Winfrey or whatever, and it backfired. And, you know, it's not that, you know, that tells people not to come out of the closet or whatever, live the life you want to live. What it says is if it doesn't matter, why even bring it up? I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Michael Sam's a great defensive player. He'll be in the NFL playing for somebody. He would have been if he was good enough to make it. Who's to say, had he not mentioned about his sexual preference, Jonathan, would he be on an NFL roster today? Just say none of that happened. Would he be on a team? I have a hard, I have a hard time believing it. You know, a lot of people stick to the point he was an SEC defensive player of the year, and they win a bases merits off of that. That's fine and dandy. You still got to come on the field and play. What I saw in preseason was still uh, a defensive end who I was not entirely impressed with, and especially in St. Louis. Dallas didn't want him, and Rod Marinelli is a great defensive coach, especially on defensive linemen. I mean, he's great at that. So that tells me right there, if St. Louis doesn't want him and Dallas doesn't want him, then, you know, and Dallas needs linemen, then he doesn't have a spot in the NFL. You know, and, and maybe he's just not as talented as some people think he is, and that's fine. But right now, from what I saw, a seventh-round pick is not a talented football player. That's somebody who's at the back end. Maybe he is, maybe he's not. Take a shot. 
how many seventh-round picks are all-stars, how many seventh-round picks are in the Hall of Fame. And you'll find that number might be one or two. And I think that speaks leaps and bounds as to whether or not Michael Payne would still be in the NFL. And I think that he was drafted, too, just because they didn't want to be as listed as a hater. You know, the NFL is, is being a hater, so they at least drafted him. And, you know, the Rams, he couldn't make that roster. Look how good that defense was. I mean, no way he was making that roster. And that was another move I looked at. Well, the perfect team drafted him if you didn't want him in the NFL because they're going to tell him to hit the road. Well, real quick, Jonathan, let's go through some of these NFL teams, if you don't mind, and we'll get out of here tonight. Um, usually our shows start picking up middle to the end of August. People start getting the fever, Jonathan. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't had any callers tonight, honestly. I don't know. People don't – maybe I, well, I forgot I didn't post a show, but in my group I don't think. So, my bad. But uh, anyway, you can listen to the archives. I'll post it later. Dallas Cowboys, over nine and a half wins. What do you think? Staying away from it. This is still a team that I won't trust. Denver Broncos, over ten and a half. Uh, I got it at over ten, so that's what I'm sticking with. Okay. Over 10, and, and Denver's a good regular season team. It's just when it gets postseason, they can't win anything. Detroit, eight, eight and a half. Ooh, that's an interesting number. Um, I'm going to go with no play because I, I don't know how well Minnesota's <laughs> going to be this year. I think Minnesota could actually be a good team and steal some of Detroit's thunder. Green Bay, 11. Over, not 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 even a second thought. This is going to be a team that's going to win 13 games. I think so as well. I'm with you. Houston Texans, eight and a half. Ooh, you know, I, they benefit from the fact that they're going to have one of the easier schedules because of, you know, how iffy they were, if you will. Um, I still think that Houston's got some work to do, especially on offense. So I'm going to go ahead and stay away saying that they still do have to play Tennessee and Jacksonville two times a year each. So that, that could bump up the number. Well, here's a tough one. The Colts, ten and a half. See, I don't trust the Colts' uh, defense yet. I still don't. Uh, I think this is a very talented team. I know a lot of people have them as their preseason AFC champion. I just don't know if Indianapolis has all the ingredients yet, so I'm going to stay away from that. If I'm going to make a play, uh, you put a gun to my head, I would take the over, though. I would, too. And, I, and I'm with you. I don't trust the defense. And Andrew Luck's amazing. But in order to win, you have to, to actually play defense. And But if they're in a terrible division, Jacksonville, five and a half, that's a tricky one. Yeah, because Blake Bortles is definitely going to, you know, hopefully progress this year for Jacksonville. I still think he's a very talented quarterback. Um, And, again, you know, they are in a a favorable division for that. Uh, I'm going to stay away because this is still a team that I think is maybe another year, you know, a draft or two away, if you will, from actually building a solid nucleus. New England, remember Tom Brady suspended four games over 10. 
you know, it's hard to go against that because New England is such a well-oiled machine. The year that Tom Brady missed through the ACL injury, uh, that team did go 11-5. and five. So, you know, you almost want to go ahead and take that over. Um, I think that actually might be one of those things where they might only win 10 games this year. So I'm going to back off that one as well. Uh, very talented team, best coach in football, but you, you just don't know how everything's going to shape out for them. The Raiders, five and a half. You know, I'm going to go over here. I think Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. He he might solidify himself as being a top, you know, 16 quarterback uh, this year. I think he's very talented. I think Amari Cooper was a huge draft pick for them. I think he's going to do wonders. And I think this defense is going to make some strides. I can definitely see them getting over on that. I'm a, I'm with you, man. I'm, I think Carr, you, you know, you have a good quarterback like that, a top 15 quarterback, you're probably going to make the playoffs or be close to it. So, I mean, I can see the Raiders 7-9, and nine, maybe 8-8. Eight and eight. You never know what can happen mm-hmm. um, when, you, when you have a good quarterback and defense. The Rams, eight games. That's a tough one. Yeah. I don't trust St. Louis. Uh, I know they just gave Foles an extension, so uh, you know obviously they are expecting a lot from him this year. Um, I just can't trust St. Louis. We wait for them to break out for I can't say how many years now. So are they actually going to show up? Um, I think this might more be able to push. I agree. San Francisco at seven games. I love the under in this one. I love the under, but last time I looked, it was heavily juiced. I think it was minus 225, believe it or not, last time I saw it. Um, it's so minus 175 they, now. Is it, yeah, see, I, I could definitely I, – I see the under all day. I think this might be a team that, believe it or not, might have the first pick in the draft next year. Seattle at 11. I like the under in this one, Jonathan. I, I think the Russell Wilson contract could hurt this team. Yeah, I, it's definitely going to create some hostility, um, and they have to figure out what they're doing with Cam Chancellor uh, and Michael Bennett. Uh, you know, Jimmy Graham sitting there pipes up with, oh, well, I'm going to block 75% of the time. Well, then why did they trade for you? Uh, I mean, you know, because it's not like he's a blocking tight end as much as he wants to, you know, make you believe he is. So, you know, I have a buddy who did, did the same thing. He took the under. I'm going to back off because anything can happen with that Seattle team. You know, I expected them to have a downfall last year. I, I, I've been waiting for it to happen, and it hasn't happened. So I'm going to stop gambling against them. Tampa Bay at six, which should be interesting. Uh, you know, I, I love my boy Jameis, um, and, and I love my Buccaneers as much as they frustrate me. And every year – I keep saying I'm no longer a fan. I hate this team. But these Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this defense, you know, it was an improvement, you know, a true quarterback on offense. I think these, I think this Buccaneers team has a chance, especially in the division they're in, to go over that total. If that not, you know, if not, at least push. I mean, I hope so, please. <laughs> I think it's a push. I think it's right there at 6-10. and 10. Carolina, 8.5. I'm leaning over on this one. I think Carolina is actually going to win the division this year. Uh, very solid team, good quarterback play. I think the defense uh, is still going to be rock solid. You know, Kelvin Benjamin and Greg Olson are good, you know, receiving threats for that team. 
think Carolina is going to win nine or ten games this year. Now, now here's one, and I agree. I think Carolina could be right there. I think they're going to win the division again. Cam Newton, this is his year, Jonathan. This is his year being healthy. Um, I think he has more around him now. I think after being injured a lot last year, car accident, just frustrating injuries, he's going to blow up this year in in that division. Arizona, this surprised me. I thought it would be lower, eight and a half. You know, this is a team that won 12 games last year and could have been a legitimate Super Bowl contender if Carson Palmer or Drew Stanton could have stayed healthy. You know, they had to go to Ryan Lindley at quarterback. And, I, not, you know, and I, I hate to say this, but Lindley, you need to pick another job because you're you're not very good. Um, you know, I think this Arizona team, and this is all barring health, and this is the, 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 jeff, you know, the double jeopardy of uh, betting futures like this. Palmer and Stanton can stay healthy. I think this is an over team, possibly even a Super Bowl contender. Wow. I'm going to say under um... – could be wrong. Tough division, but San Francisco is not what they are going to be. And maybe that's it, too. St. Louis, you know, 50-50. San Francisco is going to suck. They could beat Seattle one time. Maybe 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, that's what I see Arizona. I could be wrong. The Falcons, 8.5, over 8.5. For some reason, I kind of like the over in this one, Jonathan. Tell me if I'm crazy or not. That defense is still hideous. And they, and as much as I like the fact that they have Anton Smith and, and Devontae Freeman, you know they got two nose running the football for them. Um, you got a rookie head coach, a defense that that I mean they they're terrible. <laughs> you know I'm trying to be nice about it, but they're terrible. You know so I I have a hard time believing that as as much as you know this passing game tends to be a well oiled machine. And I know I'm going to piss Cuervo off right here, Jonathan. Chicago Bears, seven. I'm going under, and I feel very comfortable going under seven games. Well, USA Today released their uh, their projections, and they have Chicago going 3-13 and 13 and getting the number one pick in the draft. So, you know, um, and being that, you know, half my family – um, it, it's you know Chicago fans are from that area. I'm also going to feel comfortable in saying under. Uh, Jay Cutler is a joke. The defense has got fallen apart. They they just don't have it anymore. Um, yeah, yeah, under definitely tough division too. They're the worst yeah. team in that division. And I'm going to tell you this right now, and I I feel comfortable doing this. Green Bay is going to win the Super Bowl this year. Last year they should have won the Super Bowl. They they got on the road. I think the difference is going to be this year, Jonathan Green Bay is going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And once that happens, they're in the Super Bowl. And Aaron Rodgers will not be denied this time. Uh, I agree. I've actually already put my bet in on that. Um, I have uh, Green Bay winning the Super Bowl. I think they're the best team in the NFL. I think they have the best quarterback currently playing in football. Um you know, that's a very good team, very good coaching, and just 100% faith in Green Bay this year. And if you think Green Bay will not make the playoffs, I'm trying to find the odds for you. Um, you know, Carolina is minus 140. They will not make the playoffs. I, I kind of like that. I don't even think there is a bet for the Packers because 
the, the Packers are going to win. They're going to make the playoffs. It's almost a given. I'm trying to find them. I'm sorry if I'm delaying. I don't see it on there, but the Packers will make the playoffs. Um, Carolina not even making the playoffs. Mm. Maybe they're thinking the Saints or the Falcons and only one team is going to win, but I think Carolina wins that division. Well, Jonathan, before we go – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. There is a lot of love for the Saints this year, and I don't know why. I think that's a dysfunctional team that's about to fall apart. Yeah, losing Graham is is the worst thing that can happen. Yeah. I I mean, their offense is is not going to be the same. And their defense is still light years away from being competitive. And um, you know what was funny, real quick? I was watching the Ohio State Alabama game this this tonight. It was on showing the replay. Did you did you realize at halftime of that game that Alabama had like 130 yards of offense and Ohio State had 350 and and two turnovers? Or that game would have probably been a blowout at halftime, John. I didn't realize that until I, I watched it again of how lopsided that first half was with Ohio State Alabama. I gotta be honest, I never I never I've never seen that game. Never watched it. Um if if you remember there was a game on before that that kinda crushed my soul. So uh yeah, did not get to see it. Uh, I literally got an update on my phone uh that uh, Ohio State had won and I couldn't even react. I was so emotionally uh uh, dead. See, I'm like you, Jonathan. If Auburn loses the game, like, I don't care what happens the rest of the night. I don't care what happens the rest of the day. Kind of like the A&M game this past year, we lost to them, and I'm like, I'm done. You know, I'm done. I, I don't care about it. The world stopped. I'm, I don't care what happens. I'm with you on that one, man. It's hard for me to really get into another game after my team lays an egg. So, I'm with you. So, real quick, the Heisman Trophy coming up. Who do you think, looking at the odds out there, give me somebody that's, you know, not a number one or a number two guy. Give me somebody that could win a Heisman and really get you paid off this year. Well, and it's funny you mention that because Teron Blinken is my favorite. I don't care what uh, anybody from Ohio State has to say about it. Uh, But somebody who has really good odds this year, that needs to be paid attention to is Taysom Hill, the quarterback from BYU. He's going to put up some really good numbers on that team. Uh, he, he's the heart and soul of that team. And if BYU goes on a really good run, he has a very strong chance to get there. Now, Seth Russell from Baylor, the quarterback, has a very good odds. Uh, and, and he's more of an unknown. You know, I, 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 I'm still looking at Taysom Hill. I'm looking at a new Solomon from Arizona. He's in a great offense to put up fantastic numbers. I'm looking at Seth Russell. And then, of course, you got to pay attention to somebody like a Deshaun Watson, a Jeremy Johnson, or a Siobhan Boykin. Um, I, I think those three guys, their odds aren't as great, but I still think those are three guys that, you know, I'm very comfortable with as well. You know, this is crazy for me to say this, but Laquan Treadwell coming off that injury, probably the best receiver in college football at plus 6,000. Could you just imagine, you know, putting 100 on him and him winning it, somebody like him? Derrick Henry, plus 1,400. I don't think there's any way he wins the Heisman Trophy. Cardell Jones, plus 1,500. I just, I don't know. Maybe the world's in love with him. And if they go undefeated and he's the quarterback, I don't even think he's going to be the starter. Jalen Hurd. Now, 
I mean, for Tennessee, plus 5,000, Jonathan, what if he sneaks in there? Tennessee has a great year, and and he's one of those running backs. You saw what he could do last year. That would be a great bet for the 100 to win five grand on Jalen Hurd to win a Heisman. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and Joshua Dobbs is almost in that same boat to where his odds are beautiful. Um, I mean, if I'm betting on a running back, I want to put this out there. If I'm betting on a running back, I'm betting on James Conner from Pitt. He's your best chance. He's your he's this year's yeah. Melvin Gordon. He is. I mean that and, that guy is a load. And you know, this is crazy. What if Florida State runs a table this year? Everett Golson transferred from Notre Dame. He leads them to the playoffs. Everett Golson plus two thousand, not terrible odds for a guy that's already played and led a team to a national championship. And it's really not. And, and, you know, it's funny because Dalvin Cook, before the suspension, was, was was higher than him. He had better, you know, worse odds, if you will, um, you know, to where Dalvin, if, if he would have been able to play the whole year, I mean, that's somebody who's a Heisman candidate. We saw his big playability last year, just like we saw from Chubb and Fournette, to where these guys have a shot. Now, the only difference is Fournette, and Chubb, Chubb has no, you know, their their problem is they have no quarterback to save them at all. You know, and that's going to be a big yeah. issue. And, and you know, how overrated is Dak Prescott, by the way, if you look at the yeah, I mean, come on. And, and Samaje P. line, he had one game against Kansas. Kansas. Kansas won one game last year. They beat Iowa State. They lost to South Dakota State. But Kansas. It's Samaj P. Ryan's big game, and all of a sudden he, he's up there as being a Heisman favorite. Give me a break. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you this. If, if you're you're looking for somebody out there, I don't see him on my list, but Javon Robinson for Auburn. If Auburn makes the playoffs, you're going to have three players that's going to have a chance to win the Heisman. Jeremy Johnson, Javon Robinson, and Duke Williams. So pick one. Javon Robinson, you could get some huge value for him. I think he's He's a guy that can explode this year. You know how Auburn likes to run the football. They have to run the football in order to be successful. Watch out for him. Watch out for, you know, for Jeremy Johnson, of course. But Connor Cook is even getting too much love at plus 2,000. How in the world is he going to win a Heisman Trophy? Uh, If Michigan State goes undefeated, I I firmly believe that is the only way we see him, you know, go, you know, win it all. You know, he he's got to come out, he's got to, you know, dominate, and he's he's got to go ahead and just decide, hey, you know, I got this. Don't worry about it. I, I just, you know, he has a shot, of course, but I, I just don't see it. I, I have to think of too many insane things to happen because he's not in an offense that's going to put up numbers like a Blinken, like a Johnson, um, like a Watson. You know, like a JT Barrett. He's not going to get an offense for that. So it's going to take an undefeated Michigan State team and some footage from other teams for him to win a Heisman. And if you'd like to to join us this week, we're running out of time right now. We're going to try to be on Wednesday night at 8.30 and Sunday night at 8.30. We're going to get back to our two shows. Jonathan, do a little advertising, do a little promotion, get people hungry about college football again. Maybe people are are so excited about football that they'd rather watch some preseason NFL game. Can't blame them. I'm excited football's back too. But, guys, 
I'll let you know by Tuesday if we're going to have a show Wednesday. Hopefully, Johnson, you can join us. But we'll definitely be back Sunday night at 8.30. We're getting closer to football. Everybody, have a great week, and we will see you Wednesday night. All right, y'all.